touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Friday edition, the hype edition, so you know we got Serena Morales, LA Rams team reporter with us. We will get to that conversation here in just a few minutes. So welcome in to Locked On Rams, your team, every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, any other streaming device you can think of. We're there. Download it. Check it out. Hit subscribe. Share with a friend. We appreciate you guys listening. The Rams are 2-0, heading to Cleveland, looking to go 3-0. Excited about all the things that we're going to talk about on today's show. We're going to hit the offense. We're going to talk about Jared Goff and how he can succeed. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield and how we can contain him and some of these offensive weapon threats on the other side of the ball. Injury updates, predictions, over, under, all on today's show. We're really excited about it. Guys, don't forget to hit us up on social media. We got an awesome giveaway going right now on Instagram. Go to my Instagram page, Rams. You'll see all the details there. We're working with Pro Image Sports Ventura. They are giving away a Todd Gurley Nike Vapor jersey. That's just not your regular old jersey, folks. It's $150 value for free. To enter, go check it out. Instagram page, Locked On Rams. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear. But with that, let's get into it. I'm Bear Motter of Locked On Rams, and I'm joined by LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales, and this is your lead story. Serena, the Rams are 2-0, and all of the Saints' revenge talk is over. No more of that. We've got that done and dusted. Now it's under the much-hyped, well, preseason-hyped Cleveland Browns. This one's under the light on Sunday night. Jumping right into it, what are your keys in this game to come away with a victory on Sunday? So, right, everyone sort of looked at the Browns and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. They're so good. And then they lost that first game. And then all of a sudden, Odell Beckham Jr. was like, oh, my gosh, we forgot he's on the team and he's going to be great. So now they're kind of like in that mix of like we saw them do very Browns things and then we saw them do what we expected them to do preseason. So now they're one and one. And we're 2-0. and And I think the key is that we forget all about Jarvis Landry and all of this conversation around the Cleveland Browns because Odell Beckham Jr. made such a splashy play last week. And so I think for us, it really comes down to our DB group. And I think that we've kind of proven, you know, you've got guys like Akeeb and, and Marcus who, like, we uh, Wade said it today, you don't really see teams favor one side or another when it comes to those cornerbacks and Nikhil Roby's obviously playing really well. You haven't seen any of them really make any mistakes that's cost obviously a game so far. So I think it's really, I asked Wade Phillips today, basically, I was just like, how do you balance out having like an Odell Beckham Jr. and a Jarvis Landry? He was like, yeah, you know, Jarvis, he's another guy we got to like look at, right? Like I think yeah. he kind of gets lost somehow behind that in Baker Mayfield. So it was really about, again, having that balance of the veteran presence and outsmarting guys like that who are going to, you know, be more splashy um, when it comes to their athleticism. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is also very worried about what time it is, wearing that fancy watch of his <laughs> each game. 
Um, so I think that's one thing, right? Like having our DB group be prepared to adjust when these guys are, you know, uber talented athletically to anticipate certain moves that, that those wideouts make. I think another thing that we can highlight is, you know, seeing Aaron Donald versus Miles Garrett, who's, I think Miles Garrett, you can kind of compare similarly to like a Cam Jordan, who we saw against the Saints this past week. So, you know, I think both QBs have to be like, okay, because, you know, I think Jamil Dembley has done a great job filling in for Austin Blythe. We'll see how Austin he's day to day right now. But, you know, if, if Jared is under pressure, what happens to, you know, again, stopping a guy like Miles Garrett, who obviously is a great pass rusher. So I think those are two things, making sure Jared, you know, it feels comfortable behind that O-line. Um, Chubbs is a great running back. So again, like uh, defensively, I, I would say this could be actually a really low scoring game because, you know, you have two teams who are just trying to go all out and like offensively in the beginning of game. But if both teams are doing that and not because both teams have great defenses, you can end up seeing like a very low scoring game, even though we expect under the lights to have this great, you know, splashy Odell Beckham Jr. versus Cooper Cup kind of play. But you could actually end up seeing it the other way because both defenses are then prepared to cover um, such a great pass game. Yeah, no, I totally agree there. And that's the funny thing. Anytime the Rams play in a game, you think this high scoring game, this crazy output. But looking back to some of the primetime games that the Rams had, minus the, that crazy KC game, we'll throw that out the window. But uh, they had the Bears <laughs> on primetime, you know, were held to limited amount of points. Obviously, the Super Bowl limited amount of points. So some of these games, sometimes, you know, when these defenses show up under the lights, things get a little bit more tense. It's a road game. I could see all those things kind of playing into factor. You talked about, you know, Jared Goff getting off and you know getting protection and getting the ball out uh here's a little stat from uh pro football focus that jared goff obviously performs a lot better when he's in rhythm he owns a 138.8 passer rating which is second best on throws when the snap to pass is under 2.5 seconds or less the browns coverage unit has shown cracks while ha- handling that uh they allowed a 118.8 five passer rating on those throws. And then looking at Brandon Cooks, he's caught four passes on four targets for 56 yards, three explosive plays in the pro football focus world, one touchdown and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. So if Jared Goff gets some protection and gets the ball out fast, he is very productive. And the Browns have not had a a match for that this season so far. So uh, good points to kind of look at as you're looking at how this offense and defense will match up. Yeah, me too. I saw that and I was like, highlight, click, talking about it. Um, pro, pro, pro football focus. This isn't me. Uh, they kill it with all the stats. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, we love what they're doing over there and, uh, we love what Jared Goff's doing when he gets the ball out in 2.5 seconds or less. Uh, so hopefully we can keep that going. That. I'll let Jared know. I'll let him know. Yeah. Let him know. 2.5 seconds, man. Maybe you can borrow Odell's watch and, uh, you can just know that on your wrist when you're doing that. It all works out in this ball game, folks. Uh, but we are off and running on the Friday Hype Edition. I am so excited. Uh, we are going to jump over. We're going to talk about a few other things. Before we get there, guys, if you can't find a workout that keeps you engaged, Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that allows you to keep coming back for more. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. We'll be right back Friday edition right after this. 
All right, Rams Nation, back in the second segment here. We've got Serena Morales, LA Rams team reporter. It was awesome to see you back out there at the Coliseum, up on the Jumbotron. I think one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, game day, watching the Rams social media, watching your social media, especially on Instagram, at Morales Morales. Make sure to go give her a follow. Also, at Serena on Twitter. But seeing that behind-the-scenes type of stuff, you did an awesome little segment before the game where you played some of the players get hype music and it was like i was jumping around the room i probably watched that story those four clips of whoever the players were uh probably about a hundred times just listening to the music like thinking you know i'm in the locker room right there so that was really cool if you guys aren't following her go give her a follow uh as well as kind of seeing you repost some of the other people showing you on the jumbotron and and to see your grandpa out there was really cool so i know it was a fun day for (laughs) you it was a fun day for us obviously we walked away with a win we did walk away with a couple injuries. You kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, McVeigh kind of talked about it day to day is his answer. And he kind of even laughed and said, you won't know until 8 p.m. on Sunday. And then he said, well, I think I have to release the inactives earlier than that. But he's going to wait till the last second. But with what you've seen, Higby and Blythe, what do you expect for them to be as far as this week uh, You know, on Sunday? Active, inactive? What are your thoughts? So they're day-to-day, which, again, you can never really tell. Um, I think they're going to be cautious with both of them. Um, so we won't, we won't really know until this weekend. Um, there's, there's already in place some backup contention plans. Um, it was Tyler Higby is not in the game. Gerald Everett will obviously um, pick up a lot more for the tight end group, and they'll probably activate Johnny Munt. Um, for the time being. And, uh, you know, I think that that tight end group overall has been great under West Phillips. So I, I could see that happening um, just to, to be cautious. You know, I think with the Rams, they're always going to play the side of being cautious versus we need to play this guy today because right. this is the one person that's going to make the biggest difference on offense. Um, thankfully, we have a lot of great depth on offense. So I could see that being more cautious, uh, playing uh, more cautious for Tyler Higby. And then Austin Blake, something to know, and I think we I believe we talked about this before, but Aaron Cromer's done a great job with that O-line. When we saw the, the during preseason, the four preseason games, all of our O-linemen were kind of putting being put in, in different positions, guard to tackle, um, even center at some points with Jamil Demby. So, like, that was for a reason, right? Because now with Austin Blythe, who hurt his ankle, we're not sure he's, he's day-to-day as well. So I could also see, you know, Demby just stepped up, but, you know, that was like one of the first times that he had to do play a completely different position. I think Nopum went from guard to tackle. So I think that it really is helpful because you go into those preseason matchups and maybe you're not necessarily – you get all those mistakes out, but then you don't necessarily have those mistakes because you learn from it after four preseason games and you're able to go in and kind of be like, yep, I know what to do now. I, I've, I've made those mistakes four times in four games. I'm not going to do that the fifth time. So I think Jamil Demby did a great job. Obviously, there's uh, never going to be the most seamless transition when you've got a guy who's great uh, as Austin Blythe, but I could also see the two of them maybe um, not in the game uh, against the Browns under the lights and giving them the time to rest and heal up because, you know, we've got a long season ahead. Yeah, and that's why you build a 53-man roster, guys you trust. You talked about that (laughs) preseason and getting those guys experience. Another reason why you can look at not playing the starters is really good in that situation because now you get these guys extra snaps in the preseason to kind of get ready for this type of opportunity. So I'm with you there. I would like to see them take the safe approach. I mean, we're not – 
you know, three games left fighting for a position where the guys would come in and go, I'm playing coach. doesn't matter. But at this point, Early yeah. on, take it safe. We need those guys. We just signed Tyler Higby to a long contract. We'd like him to be around for all those years, especially with the type of injury that sounds that he has. Um, even though day-to-day, it, it kind of sounds crazy when you hear a guy spitting up blood at, outside the game, and you're like, oh, my gosh. For okay. Sure. So uh, I like that as we yeah. kind of switch it over, looking at what we're going to be facing this week as far as this defense. Um, the Rams are going to face a ton of dual-threat mobile quarterbacks. I mean, we got Russell Wilson twice. We got Kyler Murray twice, Lamar Jackson. We already played Cam Newton, even though he was a little bummed up with the ankle. Uh, this week is Baylor- Baker Mayfield. This week, it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, what kind of challenge does this put the Rams' D in? And are they kind of, is the defense built for this as far as handling that type of quarterback? Yes, Sean and Wade both said, like, Baker Mayfield is definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, I would say the same for, like, Odell. Like, he's got guys that he can throw to with Odell. Like, there's really no limitations to his game. Um, and, and with Baker, yeah, he can create off-schedule plays. Um, he's, you, you have to be, you don't really have a static target with him. And as you said, you know, with the Seahawks. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just being prepared. I think on our end of things, our D line, especially the, the, the fact that we're having conversations about, oh my gosh, Aaron Donald hasn't sacked a quarterback yet is pretty ridiculous because the reason he's not doing it is because he's opening up. Well, one, he's taking on two to three players each time he's uh, pass rushing and two, you know, he's opening up opportunities for Clay Matthews and Dante Fowler uh, and, and Sebastian Joseph Day to, like, make those plays because he's kind of taking on the workload. So I think, um, one, I think that it's been a great testament to the D-line of, of sort of a we-not-me mentality when you're seeing, you know, Aaron Donald maybe not being as splashy of a player, but also when you really look at that film and seeing all the things that he does do that maybe don't show up in the books. So, yeah, but Baker Mayfield's going to be super tough because, again, you can't really you – don't, you don't know what he's going to do, and he can make very off-schedule – create off-schedule plays. Um, he's a great quarterback. Sean McVay said glowing things about him. So I think it comes down to, again, I, I can totally see at home, under the lights, we know what Cleveland Browns fans are like. You know, going in there and trying to, you know, Kitchen's trying to create an aggressive offense to go, right? Like, hey, Baker, just, you know, throw that ball. Let's just be aggressive. Let's, you know, just scare them on defense. Test them out. Let's see what they're giving us, right? And if we can shut them down early and show, like, dude, we're not scared of you. I use this uh I use this comparison all the time, but like if you're a hitter in baseball, right, and you go up and I always swing at the first pitch to get into the pitcher's head. If I assume the Browns are going to do that, but then you look at what the Rams do each week, that's what we're known for doing, right? Like throw that ball to Brandon Cooks. Like let's make those plays early on to show, hey, let's test out what the defense is, is showing us, and then we'll either strategically adjust and have more of a run game this this game where we're going to, you know, Jared Goff is going to go off for 400 passing yards, right? So kind of depends on on those things, and obviously those are in-game adjustments, and that's why we love watching what Sean McVay does and, and Wade Phillips does because that's what they're able to do. But I, I could also, and I said this before, I could see this being a really low-scoring right. game because of that, right? Baker Mayfield, you know, is, is facing – you know, guys like Eric Weddle and, and Akeem Tlaib were like, bro, this is your second year in the league. Test us, right? Yeah. Go ahead. We're ready for you. 
And he's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, you know, give the ball over to Chubb more, but that's not going to get you, you know, all of those pretty touchdowns, right? That's going to slow the game down a bit. Um, and that's going to make a difference. And then it could end up being this very, you know, like hyped up game. And it's going to be like a seven. It's just going to be like tied at seven, right? Like, who knows? <laughs> well, that <laughs> field goal for everybody. Let's I, just get Zerline out there. <laughs> I like it, though. You're, you're talking about coming out swinging. And in a big game like this with two big yeah. teams, you got to at least swing. Uh, you're talking in baseball analogies here. Nothing drives you more crazy than, you know, it's bottom of the ninth, two outs, and a guy takes a third uh, strike by just looking at it, right? A third strike swinging is the yeah, way you want to go. So totally. uh, we got to go out there and swing the bat to make contact. And I love that. Get out there early, throw the ball fast. And you talked about our defense versus Baker. Uh, here's another fun fact that is pro football focus is bringing to the house here. Uh, they've got a stat about uncatchable balls, right? Baker ranks 17th so far this league with an 18.9% of his passes being uncatchable. Uh, compared to last year where he was third in catchable balls at 20% of the time placing a ball perfectly to be caught. So he is started out a little rough. Got to take advantage of that. Keep okay. him, you know, whether that's getting pressure on him a few times in week two. You saw he's had some screens set up. He didn't like it. When he gets uncomfortable, he starts to go to that second, third option rolling out. But that's when turnovers can happen. That's when you get those uncatchable balls. So uh, this defense has got a task at hand, especially if looking at back at last year. But so far, he's been a little rusty. So it's good that we're seeing them early. Maybe we can take advantage of that. Uh, exciting stuff really as you're looking at this game on both sides of the ball what we'll do we'll take a break we're going to step aside we're going to come back we're going to do our over under our pick em, our little fun third segment that we always do uh, before we get there guys I want to talk to you really quick about where you should be putting your money down, right? This is a big game. Serena talked about maybe taking the under here if you're looking at the points. There's one place that you can put all your bets on, and this is where I go to bet. It's called mybookie.ag. Go check them out. It's the smart thing to do. Again, mybookie.ag. The great thing about this, you can do in-game live betting. You can bet on your fantasy players. They have fantasy spreads as well as parlays. So if you like to bet a little but win a lot. If all of the teams and games that you pick come through, then you will win a multiplied amount of money. Join my bookie and they will double your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Right back with the third segment right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. Our favorite guest of the week, if you're on a, uh, on the show Monday through Thursday, don't take it personal, but this is Serena Morales. This is the hype edition. This is what we wait for all week, the last episode before the Rams play on Sunday. It's aimed to really get you ready for the game, get you psyched, get you pumped up. As Serena talked about, swinging on the first pitch. We'll do that today, and we're going to start with kind of a fun one. This is actually just saw an Instagram post Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley, uh, they are now Pizza Hut, you know, sponsored by them. They have all these <laughs> sponsored posts, and I don't blame them. They're probably pay paying pretty well. And, and a pizza company wants to sponsor you? Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. But this, I have a question. I, I have a serious question here. Uh, Aaron Donald asked, or actually, I think Todd Gurley asked Aaron Donald one way or the other, and I'm stealing the question, overrated or underrated 
pineapples on pizza. Oh my gosh, underrated. I love pineapple on pizza. And it's weird because not everyone, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like the pineapples and they don't like black olives. But I'm, I love anything on pizza. I love pizza in general. This comes from a person who's allergic to uh, gluten and dairy <laughs> and egg, all things that belong on a pizza. So I'm all about pineapple because then I can at least eat the pineapple that's uh, on the pizza that I cannot eat. So all right. Well, all about pineapple on pizza. Totally underrated. <laughs> here's the deal, Serena. If we ever have a pizza party, we're going to have to order different pizzas because I will not allow a pepper or I will not allow a pineapple on my pizza. It's not happening. I'm also. Oh I've also is it a fruit thing. Is it like a fruit? I don't thing? know. Like it's a, it's a little too tangy for what I'm going. Like like Aaron Donald said, he likes banana peppers, and I'm like, boom! Now we're talking. Add a little flavor, a little yeah. spice with it. I'm okay. I'm also not a black olives guy, so we wouldn't. We would we would basically flip flop pizzas. Uh, I will say this: my uh, uncle works for California Pizza Kitchen. They've got an amazing. Uh, gluten-free pizza there, so go check it out if you haven't done it. Uh, they do. Yeah, I'll have to hook I you up. He's got it. Pizza. Yeah, they've got some awesome stuff Please. there. I call him <laughs> up probably once a month and be like, Uncle, we haven't met in a while. Let's, uh, what, pizza time? Or let's do this. So, let's make that work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, I had to know, and now I know. And, and now I know to order you a double pineapple and olive pizza, and you'll be happy. Um, but <laughs> kind of looking back into the football side of things, um, this is important. It's always important, especially in a road game. We always seem to have this one in here. I love talking about this, but turnovers again, over under one and a half. So two's the over one's the under last week. We only got one in week one. We would have gone on the over, but now it's kind of which way are we going to go over under one and a half turnovers for the Rams? We force the turnover. Um, I'm going to say over, uh, I think I just, I think It'll, even though everyone's like, oh, this is going to be a home game for the Browns, but if we can really get into their heads, there's, to me, I, and, and this is no offense to the Browns, they're obviously a very skilled and talented uh, group, but the fans are emotional, and I, I see them, the players being very like emotional as well, uh, just from an outsider's perspective, like the way that you know they react to things i you know you know that athletes read things on social media and stuff like that just because they're coming off of a win they sort of take you know that as like all right we're ready to go right. it's great you know and and i sort of you know have always applauded the rams you know being here as sort of just like very consistent easy going you know even keel uh, kind of team that's always just like you know what you never know who's going to show up and just because we're 2-0 and doesn't mean anything we got to get this next win and and so I could see us forcing uh some turnovers in this game so go over we're gonna we're gonna play off of the motions here I like it you know what I like that insight there too because you're right especially teams and and I'll say it guys with, with a team with Odell Beckham you're gonna have an emotional team all right the guy is just an emotional player totally. uh, yeah. I'll put it out there Baker's the same guy he's a very into this guy I mean this is mm-hmm. a guy who talked about his own teammate earlier in the year and said with Duke Johnson when he was talking about wanting a trade if he's not here then forget about him right and so and the Rams culture mm-hmm. is completely different than that and I think that really plays into it is in the long term of things so I'm glad you brought that up because I totally agree. I'm also taking the over with you, and I'll tell you why. Here's some more stats that I found. 
Baker Mayfield struggles against the cover three scheme this season. So far, losing four of his interceptions. All four of his interceptions have come in the cover three scheme on the defense. And that's on 23 attempts. The Rams defense so far this year has rolled out the cover three 48% of passing plays. That's the fourth highest rate in the league. So he's going to see cover three quite a bit. I'm sure that Wade Phillips in this defense knows how to kind of attack uh, Baker Mayfield, but see... Um, look out for that. Maybe we'll see some more cover three. Baker struggles against that so far this season. So I'm going to take the over just on that stat alone. That's really why I threw this in here again. I love talking turnovers, but I'm like, it's got to be the over with this, right? Yeah, I like that stat. So as we slide on over, and we talked about Jared Goff early and his cool stat as far as getting the ball out fast. So um, as we look at it, he hasn't gone over 300 yards yet. His highest output so far is 200 and 83. So I'm going to ask you over under 300 yards for Jared Goff this game. He's due, man. Over. Let's go, G. Let's go. We got this. Goff is is ready. Um, I like playing under the lights. You know, like the. I mean, I guess we're not home, but you know, I think back to the Vikings game, right? Uh, in and what he was able to do under the lights. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs game that was under the lights. So maybe Jared just likes the lights. Like, let's turn those puppies on and let's throw some balls. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with it. I, I'm with you. He is due. That's the thing. I've seen some, especially in the fantasy world, people are like, sit Jared Goff. And I'm like, I just don't buy it at this point. You know, I think he, yes, has maybe underperformed in the first two weeks. But again, if he can get a little bit more time back there or get rid of it really quick, I think we'll see him kind of go over that. He's got to break it over here soon because uh, he is one of those quarterbacks that you kind of expect to see 300 yards more than you don't see it. So I think he's due as well. I'm going to say over 300, even if it's 301, let's rock over 300. Uh, (laughs) We'll double down on the Jared Goff over under. With that being said, he's only thrown one touchdown each game. Uh, Is this the game that he breaks over 1.5 touchdown throws on the game? Yeah, I think definitely that too. I mean, we saw spurts of what Jared will do this season you know I go back to the the throw he made to Brandon Cooks and just the athleticism both on Jared's arm and for it to just land perfectly cradled into B. Cooks's uh arms it was like he could have caught an egg and didn't let it crack right you know? like right it was just ridiculous how he took care of that ball so um, and then that's, you know, they've done that in practice. Like, that's something that they're like, oh, yeah, we used to do it in practice. Like, no big deal, MBD. Um, so the fact that, you know, we are seeing that, you know, they sat out the whole preseason. It's like, this is this is Jared warming things up, you know, and getting used to things. And Jared has one of the strongest arms in the NFL, and he's got an accurate arm. And so, yeah, I think if he can just get rid of that puppy, I don't see why he's not throwing it to you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks in this game. That throw to uh, Brandon Cooks was so amazing. I was sitting on the couch. I don't think I've ever jumped that high in my life. Like, literally, I almost pulled a hamstring in celebrating. And it like it goes to show you when you see these guys get injured on the field, and you're like, oh, tough it up. And I'm like, I'm like icing my leg at home from celebrating. And I'm like, all right, you guys are fine. It's fine. But that was an amazing catch <laughs> over the shoulder. That Willie Mays style over the shoulder was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we see that again. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm taking the over. If I'm taking over 300 in the passing yards, you got to take over one and a half touchdowns. I also have a bet with a Seahawks podcast right now. I need to catch some ground on 
Russell Uh-oh. Wilson in the stat category as far as touchdowns. So I'm taking the over with you as well. Uh, last but not least, we'll kind of wrap this thing up. Score predictions. You've kind of teased to both, right? You want to see uh, multiple Jared Goff touchdowns over 300 yards, but then you talked earlier about it may be a defensive battle. So here it is. Score predictions. Where do you lay it down on the table? I know. I think this could be... I'm seeing this in the like teens, like teens to twenties games. So like uh, a twenty to sixteen kind of game, uh, a twenty three sixteen kind of game is where I'm I'm playing. Rams getting the dub, but like I'm seeing we're we're under thirty points. But I also it's more because I'm like, you know, I could totally see both these teams going off. But obviously, I, you know, just the prep work that goes in. To these games they're both going to be prepared for that yeah uh and uh, you know it's under the lights and you know it's the third game of the season they're in cleveland again going back into the emotional side of things so i'm i'm gonna give this like a 23 to 16 game all right a win's a win right i'm gonna go a little different i need right. to i need to see the rams prove to me that they're gonna score under 30 points or that they're gonna yeah. not go over in that aggressive 30 range Again, I also, even though they have some great players on Cleveland, I, you talked about that emotion. I think this is really going to come into it. If the Rams get off to a great start, if they lead at half, Sean uh-huh. McVay is 20-0 and 0 while leading at halftime. That's an amazing stat. So if we can jump out early, oh, that's a nice stat. get on top, <laughs> it, yeah, and at halftime and really just kind of ride that stat to the end, you know, to the finish would be nice. But I think I see this again as a 35. Originally I had 28, but with... Uh, they have an injury at their okay. tight end with Ninjoku. I think that's going to really kind of hamper yeah. their offense a little bit. So I'm going to say uh, 35-24. I think the Rams win this again okay. comfortably. I think it shows the nation, the world, that three points will not define this team. I think this is an opportunity to come uh, out, put a uh, lot of points on the board. They're not going to stop in the fourth quarter. We saw that versus the Saints. They kept running that offense. And if our offense is clicking, it will produce points. So uh, 35-24 is my final Friday prediction. Serena Morales, LA Rams team reporter. I love it so much. Thank you so much for joining us. You always give us that boost of energy getting ready for the weekend. Uh, Appreciate you coming on and can't wait to talk when hopefully the Rams are 3-0. Yes, I love it. Thank you, Bear. Appreciate it. With that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace.